We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Everybody, welcome into Sports Daily. The 30-year curse is broken. Cowboys over Bucks last night to wrap up the NFL Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, really, they were the only cover. They were the only under. Uh, it went in a way I think maybe we thought was possible, but not likely. We'll talk about that. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Here with you on this Tuesday edition, Chad Chambers producing for us, taking your calls, 869-1240. What's on tap on the program today? We'll go back through Monday Night Football Playoff Edition. We will look ahead to the future of the losing quarterback, Tom Brady. Will he be back? What do we think? Where might that be? We'll also look ahead, of course, to tonight's massive Sunflower Showdown. Biggest college basketball game of the year goes down in Manhattan tonight. Uh, we'll talk Chiefs as we look ahead in the next round of the NFL playoffs. Top of the next hour with executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel, joining us. We're also going to have a giveaway later in this hour, so stay tuned for that. I'm jacked up. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I'm good. It was a great playoff game last night. Uh, unexpected, at least in my mind. Uh, but, man, I'll tell you what. Dak Prescott may have been more impressive than any other quarterback that we saw throughout the wild card weekend. So um, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it today. Excited to get into everything going on. If you listen to this show, you probably know, you know, away from the professional airwaves, I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm a realistic Cowboys fan. So 30 years, right? It's been 30 years since they won a road playoff game. It's been a minute. So my expectations were definitely not high last night. But it was a good way to kick things off. And I maintain that that was Dak Prescott. You brought. I, I think that was the best game he's ever played. Considering the circumstances, considering everything, the fact that they were on the road and the things that he did in it, I thought that was his best performance. And that is the, you know, that's the the best of Dak that can be there. We've also seen probably the worst of Dak at times this season, at least turning the ball over. So that'll be a big thing. Weird things happening. Four missed extra points. What on earth? From a good kicker, too, right? That's not some scrub out there. He, he's been a, a solid kicker for a while, but Tampa's done. And 
you know, we kept sort of waiting and waiting for them to reach this peak that we had seen in the past couple of years, and it never came. And it certainly didn't come last night. Dallas looked good defensively. And, you know, that gives you a glimpse from Dallas of a team that if they play that way, they can go to a Super Bowl for sure. But it's the inconsistency that we don't know about. But as the dust settles on Wild Card Weekend, it ends up being the team we were most concerned about as a favorite being the most convincing in their win. And now it sort of makes us rethink things, I think, a little bit in the structure of which teams might win a Super Bowl. That's the Cowboys team midway through the season that we thought, yeah, this team could totally win a Super Bowl. And then that team sort of went away. And now here they are again. That was, I mean, it was impressive all the way around, but you saw the way the defense is capable of playing. You saw the way Dak Prescott's capable of playing. They're letting Dak run around a little bit, which is interesting and, and awesome if you root for the Cowboys. But another great, you know, wild card game to get us to this next round. And and really now to this point, what would you say? Jacksonville is the only remaining team without a chance really to win a Super Bowl? I mean, I, I even you, I think you have to at least consider the Giants. I don't think you have to consider Jacksonville, but I think you could consider the Giants. I don't think they're going to be there. And lo and behold, Tommy, we're back to those same six teams we've been talking about all year long. Yeah, of course, everything kind of fell out the way that, you know, a few weeks ago we were talking about the best teams in the NFL, and all six of them are right there in the divisional round, and then you add in the Jags and you add in the Giants, there was a, a part of me watching that game last night, uh, and it would have been right around halftime, and I had this thought, were the Cowboys playing possum over the last couple of weeks of the season? You know, like, kind of, I mean, I'm not saying they were deliberately throwing games, but like, man, they did not look good, especially in that game against the Commanders, the final regular season game, and there's a lot to blame for that, but man, there was a part of me that I'm like, I wonder if they were playing possum and trying to lull everybody into, you know, this thought that they're not very good and, you know, to kind of count them out and to not count on them to make it any further than a wild card game. We know about the stats of Tom Brady against the Cowboys. We know about the stats of the Cowboys on the road in playoff games. And then lo and behold, the Cowboys are just able to go in there and handle business in, in pretty convincing fashion. And I think that that's, the, that's what makes the Cowboys so intriguing in this playoff run, I think more so than probably any other team that is left is the fact that they can play so well, but then there've been times that they have played so poorly and yeah, every team is going to have a stinker every now and then uh, a letdown, that sort of thing. Kansas city's came early in the season when they played the Colts and then they struggled against the Texans and the Broncos. But even in those games, uh, they didn't look inept when they played. They just didn't, they, they, they struggled, right? The Cowboys have looked completely inept at times, completely lost on the field. Last but week? Then, last week they did. I'm not sure I've ever seen that big of a turnaround from the final regular season game into a playoff game from bad to great, like I saw last night with the Cowboys. It, it It's so interesting, and... The, the, it's the, nothing changes with the Cowboys, right? Like they are still capable of doing either thing. They're capable of the commander's performance or the Buccaneers performance. That's Does been that their come down MO. to coaching. 
Like I yes. know that you've had yes. a lot. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. Because the talent That's... doesn't change, right? Like it right. just is a, a question of where the talent is being placed and where, you know, what kind of positions they're in. Um, and so I wonder what the difference is. Like when you look at whether it's Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore, or I don't really think it's Dan Quinn necessarily, but when you look at those coaches, it makes me wonder what is so different from week to week where one week they can look completely ill-prepared and the next week they look like they could win a Super Bowl. It's it's coaching. It's been my contention with them all season long that they are so capable of a dud, right? Like they – because the game plan's wrong. That's the only way I can explain what happened in the finale against the commanders. Perfect example. You just have the game plan so wrong, whatever that is, that – because think about the other really good teams, right? The other really good teams we're talking about here, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas. Those other five teams aren't don't feel capable. They're capable of losing a game to the commanders, right? Like anybody's capable of losing to anybody in the NFL, but not that way. Not yeah. not where you just never look like you had a chance in that game. That that's unusual. And I do think it's coaching. And I do think that that's, you know, that's the elephant in the room for the Cowboys more than anything else is are they going to be able to put together the right game plan three more times in a row? And, you know, there have been stretches this season where, yeah, they've been able to do that. I mean, it's it's hard to predict that. That's why I thought last night even, like, everyone kept asking me, like, what do you think of it? I'm like, I, guys, I don't have a clue what to expect in this game. If they can get pressure on Tom Brady, they'll win. And they did. Um, but it was, you know, it was a great game. Not only was it the right game plan, it was a great game plan, right? Attack with the tight ends, do some things that Tampa probably wasn't expecting and catch them off guard and, you know, let it get you to the point you're going. The one thing that always needs to be there is going to have to be the Cowboys play that kind of defense, and they're totally capable of that uh, with that pass rush, and that'll be the interesting part for them. It was a really interesting game because it it was a reminder right of how good they can be but we could get reminded at any moment of how bad they can be and we'll see against the Niners I mean they're underdogs rightfully so the Niners are heavy favorites but if you watched last night I mean you gotta there there's definitely a world where if they get pressure on a rookie quarterback in the playoffs for sure the Cowboys can win that game I mean it might it's going to be a slugfest What's the over-under on that game? The over-under on that game right now is set at 46, so about where it was last night. I think I'd be all over the under there. Uh, but it, it, it's going to be a defensive battle. Uh, the Cowboys are going to have to run the ball probably better than they did against Tampa, I would imagine, even though San Francisco's as good stopping the run as there is in the NFL. That was the only way Seattle sort of was hanging around in that game was by doing that. But, you know, I, I would say that I don't expect the Cowboys to win this weekend. But when push comes to shove, I'll put on my fan glasses and know that they absolutely have a chance to. I mean, they, they certainly do. We'll see. I, I was impressed. 30 years. It's been 30 years since yeah. they won a road playoff game. Well, I mean, look, Dak had four passing touchdowns. He added a rushing touchdown, and he had a 75% completion rate last night. Um, and that is, I'm not taking anything away from Dak. He had a great game, one of, if not the best games of his career. Tampa Bay's defense was garbage. Like they were absolutely trash last night. 
it's going to be quite a bit different when they go from facing off against Tampa Bay's defense to San Francisco's elite best team in the league defense this coming weekend. So that's where the game plan comes into it, right? And you know that Dak can do it. We saw him do it last night. We know they have that timeshare at running back with Zeke and Tony Pollard, and it wasn't super effective against the Buccaneers. Like you said, it's going to have to be this weekend against the Niners. Uh, but that's where the game plan comes into it. And so uh, it's going to be I'm – going, I'm curious to see if Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore can follow up a great game plan against the Bucs with another great game plan against the 49ers. And that's going to be that's going to be the deciding factor in the game. I don't necessarily think it's going to come down to the Cowboys getting pressure on Brock Purdy. I think it's going to come down to can the game plan offensively keep up with the 49ers, beat their defense and, you know, be able to match them on the offensive side of the ball. Can they can they match wits with one of the best coaches in the NFL? Last right. year in the playoffs exactly. they could they could not. Um, here's the other thing, and and we're not going to spend the whole show on the Cowboys. Don't worry, but they've had you know a criminal history. Mike McCarthy has of mismanaging a clock late. I thought he nailed it last night. I thought he nailed when to keep the foot on the pedal. I thought he nailed when to let up and then start to work that clock a little bit. All of those things that we saw other teams this weekend make fatal errors in that regard. They didn't do it. They they kept the pace the right way. Now, they left their defensive starters in far too long. Like they were they played till the end. And there there was a point after that after that CD Lamb touchdown, the Cowboys at that point it's time to pull guys out and and but but they left them in. They uh, they they fortunately stayed I think pretty healthy in that regard. But they're a player in this thing now. That was an impressive performance and and they'll enter the conversation, sort of re-enter the conversation. I think of a of a Super Bowl contender. Will they get well, there? Look, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I also said that I felt like the fact that there wasn't going to be a ton of pressure. You would think from Jerry Jones on Mike McCarthy for his job in this game, and maybe there was that we just didn't really know about. Although I feel like Jerry probably would have said if there was, but the fact that there wasn't that public, I mean, yeah, of course on some corners of social media, people are talking about, you know, if Mike McCarthy loses this playoff game, he's probably out of town, but Jerry Jones was on the record saying that wasn't the case. And I, I really do think that because of that, that allowed Mike McCarthy to be able to coach a little bit more freely, uh, not be as desperate, but put together like a, a, a solid game plan in this game where there wasn't the thought, more than likely going through his mind that, man, I've got to do whatever it takes here or I'm going to be out of a job. So I, I do think that that maybe played a, a small part in the success last night. It allowed at least him to coach without wondering, is he going to keep his job? Yeah, it's it, it, I think he's safe now, no matter what happens. Um, so I think I think he's clear. Uh, I, it, it's. We'll see. I mean, I'm gonna be a wreck. My some of my best friends are 49ers fans. It's my favorite rivalry, like for me historically in all of sports. Niners Cowboys. I love it. I think it's the best. They got us last year. A chance for revenge on the road. Again, I'm probably about as optimistic as I was going into Monday night. But hey, here we go. So that's it. We're set now in the divisional round. The Chiefs will play on Saturday. Uh, they get the first game of the weekend, Saturday, against the Jags. We'll talk to Dan Israel, top of next hour, about that matchup. And then on Saturday, you get Giants-Eagles, which should be fantastic. Uh, you get Bengals-Bills to kick things off on Sunday. And then Cowboys-Niners on Sunday night. I think typically, 
I, I don't know if I would say that the wild card round was a collection of great games. They were a collection of wacky games. And I think this weekend now in the divisional round, which is typically where we get just the absolute best football, is where we're going to get the absolute best football. I'm intrigued by all four of these matchups. And I, I don't think there's a heavy underdog in any of the games. Jacksonville will be the heaviest underdog. But I don't think any of us have watched Jacksonville late in the year, the hottest team in football, and would say, oh, yeah, they're going to get crushed. No, they're they are white hot right now, and they have a lot of – I mean, if they weren't confident before, they're confident now after that comeback against the Chargers. So that certainly doesn't feel like any sort of cupcake game for the Chiefs. I know it's kind of cliche to say, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, there were the contenders and there were the pretenders in the wild card round, and – uh, I think for the most part, we got the pretenders out of there. Like the the Ravens, they weren't going to yeah. win a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the the uh, Chargers probably weren't going to win a Super Bowl, although that one was probably more of a toss-up between them and the Jags. Uh, the Dolphins weren't going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think the Vikings were either. The Seahawks weren't. Like, we got a lot of those teams kind of out of the way, uh, and, and now we can focus in on the six teams plus two that we've been talking about for weeks now as the top of the top of the NFL. And and that's why I don't disagree with you. You mentioned it yesterday that the divisional round is probably the most fun weekend in the NFL. As far as the matchups are concerned, I don't disagree with that at all. I am super excited for these matchups that are in place. I mean, come on the bills and the Bengals, the Cowboys and the Niners, like, come on, like they, there are big time matchups this weekend. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. It always is. This is the round. I'm going to be a nervous wreck all week. I, I'm not even ready to enjoy the game today, I don't think. Maybe I am. Maybe we'll enjoy it today and move on. Uh, I don't usually use we with the Cowboys, but now they got me all excited. and We'll see. Uh, it was fun. It was fun last night to finally get that. I mean, do you just if you're a Cowboys fan, you get it, and you're if everybody else, you're thinking, yeah, you have five Super Bowls. What are you whining about? It's been 30 years since they won a road playoff game, so don't come at me with that today. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, the losing quarterback in that game, future now in question. We'll talk Tom Brady. K-State KU fans, we're hitting that second hour big time. Jerome Tang trying to go down the road. So many have failed before. Lecturing the K-State students on their language at Sunflower Showdown Games. We'll get into all of that throughout the show today here on Sports Daily. All Brockton Caster will keep rolling on on this Tuesday. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Uh, let's let's stick with the theme of last night, and we'll come back to Jerome Tang and his comments on the Sunflower Showdown and behavior in the arena a little bit later in the show as we get into previews of that game. Uh, Tom Brady is now in that mode, right? Is he going to be a buck? Is he going to retire? Or is he going to be somewhere else? I think that... And I've said this for eight weeks now. I think Brady's not going to be finished. And I think he's going to play somewhere else. 
I think he's going to return and, and be gone, which is what I've thought for a long time. And I don't, you know, last night certainly doesn't help that. Now, we know on the table is, you know, about $40 million a year with Fox Sports to be its main color guy. But, I st- man, I still think he's coming back, Tommy. I think there's a lot of places he could go. I think, you know, the rumors will swirl. Does he try to connect somewhere? Does he, you know... Who's interested? You know, probably the Niners are off that list now, but I think the Raiders would be interested. I think that uh, there's a lot of teams that would be interested. Miami probably going to be interested. I think that, you know, New Orleans will be interested. I think that the Jets have to be interested. There's got to be really any team that's pretty good. The Panthers have to be interested. You've got to make that call that the Titans would probably have to be interested. Any team that feels like they're a quarterback away needs to make that call just to see. And then you got to we got to you know know and understand what Brady's looking for. What does he want to do? Is there a fit? A team like Miami, the team he was rumored, you know, where there there were tampering accusations that he was going to go maybe take an ownership stake and do all of these things. Well, you know, Tua Tua had a he had a great year at times, and he didn't have a good year at other times, and now we don't know his long-term future with concussions. So Brady sits here as the ultimate free agent once again. Tommy, it's it's not going to be Tampa, I don't think, and it's going to be somewhere. If you had to pick a landing spot for Brady and put yourself in his shoes, where would that spot be? Um, you know, I've said for a while that it wouldn't shock me if he went to the Raiders. Uh, because of the connection with Josh McDaniels and because of um, the, the fact that Derek Carr is not going to be returning. And they have a lot of built-in weapons, right, with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs. Like, they've got weapons offensively. Um, and and he's, very, he's been very comfortable with Josh McDaniels over the course of his career. So that wouldn't surprise me if he ended up there. Uh, And then I think that there's also a scenario and we know because it was made public and it was very well known that when he was, when was that he was looking to, he was planning on leaving the Patriots and there were conversations about him and Sean Payton joining forces together in Miami. So depending on where Sean Payton lands um, and if they need that, if that organization needs a quarterback, uh, then that could be intriguing to Tom Brady also. He doesn't really have any connections to, to Sean Payton, but that conversation has been had in the past where th- there have been talks about teaming the two of them up together. So I don't know, but I, I, I think that right now, in my mind, the best fit is probably Vegas. Yeah, I, I think there are a few. I think the Titans would make a ton of sense. I think Vegas would make a ton of sense. I still think Miami probably would, especially now with the long-term future of Tua a little bit in question. I think the Jets make a ton of sense. Um, and I think if you think about Peyton in a potential reunion with Brady, maybe New Orleans is still on the table because New Orleans could bring Peyton back. And you know the challenge any team is going to have with Sean Peyton is giving up you know draft capital. they got to trade for him, basically. So there are plenty of fits. I don't. I think I'll take San Francisco back out of the equation now, even though I thought they would definitely be in the mix with the way Brock Purdy's playing. I think he's sort of closed that door a little bit to the storybook thing of Brady going to his hometown team and the team he rooted for as a kid and all those things, and a team I think he really wanted to go to last time when he went to Tampa. But Vegas, to me, and I'm with you, begins to make the most sense because, A, they— 
you know, they're getting rid of Derek Carr. And B, I think we saw this year as much as anything how much Brady needed high-level coaching, and I'm not sure that was there. You know, it was interesting last night. I kept it was watching with some friends, and I'm like, you know, watch. Like they'll eventually they're going to put Brady in a no huddle, and they'll start moving the ball. We've seen it all year long, because I think the reality is Tom Brady, and this isn't even a knock on Byron Leftwich. It's you know this is probably the case no matter who it is, but Tom Brady's probably a better offensive coordinator than Byron Leftwich. I mean, he's been at it for 25 years, uh, and so I don't know if familiarity to Josh McDaniels now becomes more important than it ever had been before this year played out, right? Because Bruce Arians clearly was a good fit, an old offensive genius, whatever. And and yeah, I think there are a lot of fits with the Raiders. You know, they they could keep draft capital. Um, I, I don't remember what they gave up to get Devontae Adams and, and what their their stock looks like this year. But you got Devontae Adams there. If Hunter Renfro comes back healthy, slot receivers and Tom Brady have always worked out pretty well. Uh, I don't know what Darren Waller's long-term future is. Tight ends and Tom Brady generally have worked out pretty well. they they got to figure out the running game for sure. But it would be a good fit. But the question you would have then at that point for Brady is, does he really want to come play in the AFC West? You know, what are your chances to get to the postseason in that division? I think clearly you slot yourself in there ahead of Denver at this point, but can you really slot yourself in there ahead of the Chargers or the Chiefs? And so that, I think, is a piece of it, too. Uh, You know, the AFC East has some of that involved if it were Miami or the Jets, and maybe that all makes the Titans really interesting, right? Like, they and, and they're thin at receiver. They'd have to answer some things there, but... Great run game, which Brady thrives upon. Good defense at times. I think one that could at least get solved from the lulls they had in the season. I don't know. There's there's a lot of potential fits, and there's a lot of teams that probably feel like they're a quarterback away. I think this will be really, really interesting to see how this shakes out. But the bottom line is, again, I've been saying it for months. I think he's coming back. And, I, and, and it's not going to be with Tampa. That's what I've thought all along. I think he can wait one more year to get into the Fox booth, and he doesn't have any problem doing that, and that's what we'll see this offseason. I would be absolutely shocked if he goes back to Tampa. Um, oh, I don't and, think that's, yeah, no. I don't even think it's on the table, uh, really. And a lot of it, I hate saying this, but it's just the truth. Todd Bowles has the personality of a turnip. Uh, he's, like, he, he doesn't inspire confidence uh, he makes you fall asleep when you listen to him. Uh, and that's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a fiery competitor. Uh, he's somebody that is front and center. Um, and it's one of those situations where Tom Brady, as the greatest quarterback of all time, is more front and center than the head coaches. And I get it to an extent because Todd Bowles kind of has that personality to just sort of sit back. He doesn't want all the attention. But I've never watched Todd Bowles as the head coach of this team throughout the entire season and thought, man, that guy looks like a decisive leader. That guy looks like somebody that can inspire confidence, can rally the troops. I just don't see it. And, you know, there were multiple times this season when the Buccaneers were struggling. Of course, a lot of it had to do with the injuries to the offensive line. And I would just look at this team who looked lifeless and Tom Brady was the only one who was trying to get everybody going. And, you know, he was the the one that was getting upset and fiery. And Todd Bowles was just kind of sitting back and 
oh yeah, I mean we're we're okay. We're just we got to get healthy. Like there was nothing about him that spoke to me about this is somebody that you can pair up with Tom Brady and they can go into battle together arm in arm. And that's just not Todd Bowles. And so I think because of that, and, and there are other reasons, but because of that, I would be shocked if Brady goes back to Tampa. Uh, yeah, there, like I, like you said, there are multiple landing spots, but at this point at his age uh, and what he wants out of a team, familiarity is really important. He's super familiar with Josh McDaniels and having a lot of pieces around him. We saw it last night that the Tom Brady of the past, when he could just will a team to victory and single-handedly bring a team to a victory, like in that Super Bowl against the Falcons, that Tom Brady might not exist anymore. And you've got to have really talented pieces around him for him to be able to do what he needs to do uh, to be able to win a game. I think the Raiders are probably more complete than any of the other options that might be on the table for him. Yeah, the Raiders are the Titans. I, I think the Titans in that division and his buddy Mike Vrabel uh, coaching that team, they were in on him the last time he was a free agent. I, I kind of feel like they're a sneaky fit, and I wonder about the Jets. I, I don't know. This CBS Sports takes throws some darts, and it's all the teams we've mentioned here. Dolphins, Niners, Jets, Patriots, Raiders, Saints, Titans. Um, so th that's probably the group of teams you know, I think that, that we probably need to pay attention a little bit to teams like Carolina, right, who, who are pretty good and a quarterback away. But we also have to remember this piece of it, and that's that Lamar Jackson feels like he's now going to be a free agent. Um, so he enters the mix. Derek Carr enters the mix. Jimmy Garoppolo enters the mix. There are a lot of guys now that are on the market who could help teams. And so you sort of have to like put Brady in with that group at the same time. And I think he's, I think I'd, I'd in a one year situation, I'd rather have him over anybody that's out there. Uh, Lamar Jackson will be the, you know, the X factor. What does Lamar Jackson do? And it, it's going to be interesting because I'd still in a one year, you know, in a one year scenario, I'd still take Brady. Cause I don't think he physically, I, I think physically he looks fine, right? I, I think this season just unraveled. I think his life off the field has been complicated this season. It's been an emotional wreck. Like I very much can see next year, and if he would just say, I'm going to play one more season and just come in absolutely locked in, that physically he'd be fine and and may have a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl. I'm it's not sure now... he's built like that, though. I'm not sure that we're going to see him say, this is going to well, no, be my but... final year. Like, I think that it's going to be more, yeah. you know, more of a, I'm going to take it case it, by case and not it will announce be. it at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it will be. I don't think he'll do that either. But I think if that's what he's thinking, like I very much can see, just like when he was a free agent in 2020, him absolutely locking in and getting that, don't count me out mentality, right? Those those things that have always made him so great, I think, can come back to the forefront. I'm not sure it ever felt like that was there this year. Um, it, it was, you know, for a lot of reasons, right? There, there were a lot of reasons for that. There was the weird offseason. Bruce Arians left. He's had his, his off-the-field issues. All of these things factoring in the line and all the injuries they've seen on the offensive line. 
the change in coaching. Like everything, this didn't feel like mentally a Brady year, mentally. How much I absolutely better, think that can be recaptured, though. How much better is Tom Brady when he has a coach alongside him where they are, uh, you can tell they're on the same page. You can tell that there's yeah. mutual respect with one another. I know that towards the end, things maybe got a little bit rocky with him and Belichick, but that's going to happen when you're with somebody for, what, 18 years? Uh, but that that mutual respect was there for a long time in New England. And then it was there with Bruce Arians, too. I think that there was quite a bit of mutual respect. I never saw that with Todd Bowles and Tom Brady. Uh, I just I felt like the two of them were never on the same page. And it was almost sort of like they really, I don't know, maybe they didn't have any kind of relationship. And it was more of Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich. Uh, but I just I never saw anything this season that inspired confidence in me in their relationship. And so it's going to be incredibly important, I think, for Tom Brady, wherever he goes next season, assuming that he does play, and I think he will, uh, to not only have the pieces around him on the field, but also have a coach where they can team up together and and go at things and, and be on the same wavelength. And I just didn't see that this season. Yeah, it, it, for sure. It, it, it's I, I agree. Um, and it will be... Th- those things will matter in deciding who his coach is going to be and who his team is going to be. If if you made me pick, well, I don't want to count Miami out because of what happened last offseason and because of the weapons they have in place. We just don't know what's going on with Tua, and that'll be a big part of that. I, I would say Raiders, Titans, and I'm still going to keep Miami in there make the most sense to me and present teams that if you plucked a Tom Brady, you know, of the, you know, two of the last three years, not so much this year, but the two years prior, if you pluck Tom Brady onto those rosters, could they win a Super Bowl? I think you could make a case for all, all of those teams. Yeah, I think so too. I think the Raiders have more familiarity, but of course, as you mentioned, he played with Mike Vrabel for a while. And to your point, I think you have to consider also, the division and maybe going to the AFC South would present you a little bit more of a chance to win that division and, and make a deep run than being in the same division as the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I don't know. Regardless, though, I think that we can, I don't know, both agree. Tampa ain't going to be it. I think his time in Tampa no, is no. done. And I think we both probably agree that Tom Brady's not done either. Like he's coming back. I mean, I, I definitely think he's coming back. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. Let's give some stuff away. Maybe we'll begin to scratch the surface and sort of set the table for the Sunflower Showdown. The matchup's interesting. We'll get into that, of course. I'm also interested in Jerome Tang inevitably trying to do what so many before him have, which is tame the crowd there. It's not going to happen, but we'll talk about it. 869-1240, maybe a time for a call or two here. We'll have Dan Israel of the Chiefs Radio Network joining us at the top of the hour. Stay tuned, giveaway time coming back, and much more on this Tuesday edition of Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KFH. All right, let's open this up, Tommy, because it's always a fascinating topic, and we can get more into it in the second hour as we get to a cheese preview with Dan Israel at the top of the hour. Jerome Tang uh, getting a chance to talk about the Big Sunflower Showdown game tonight at Bramlage. We all know what happens when we get Sunflower Showdown games at Bramlage. There is a chant. And there have been many, 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 many people who have tried to tame the crowd in this moment and get people to not chant the FKU, uh, including Bill Snyder, who they named the football stadium after. Jerome Tang takes his shot, saying yesterday, uh, I don't want them to show up to the game and yell and scream, and I don't want our fans to show up to the game because they hate the other team. I want them to show up because they love Kansas State. Every guy on our roster, they didn't pick this school because they hated somebody else. They picked this school because they love us as a staff. They love this community. They love this university. We've talked about this many times throughout the years. It's a nice sentiment from Jerome Tang. I'm sure he would like for it to stop. It's not going to. It's especially not going to now. Uh, The only way this ever goes away, in my opinion, if K-State is you stop talking about it every time the game comes up every year. Because it's just going to light a fire in the fan base, and we've got college kids, and college kids are defiant, and college kids have freedom, and they want to do what they want to do, and they want to say what they want to say. And it's like coaches who've been around young people forever, like they're not your players. You don't get to tell them what to do. They're not going to listen to you. And now they're going to chant even louder. And and look, Jerome Tang's in a unique position because you're trying to court him to stay, right? So – you know, you want to do the right thing here, but then I, of course they're going to do the chant. And even if even if 30 people do the chant, you're going to be able to hear it. There's nothing you yeah, can that's do about the big, this. That's the biggest thing in all of this is that, uh, yeah, on the one hand, college kids are going to do what they want to do. But on the other hand, you want this guy to stay happy yeah. and feel like he's in a good place at Kansas State. And I'm not so sure that he is the kind of guy that deals well with hostility. Uh, I mean, he and I like Jerome Tang a lot. Uh, I think he's a great basketball coach. I think he's a high character guy. Uh, and, and every account that we've heard since he's joined the Wildcats has been about how solid of a person he is. That being said, this is his very first Sunflower Showdown. And that hate runs so deeply from K-State to KU and even vice versa from KU to K-State. I mean, it just it's a mutual thing, right? You're in-state rivals. And yeah. so I think he better prepare himself for what it's going to sound like inside Bramlage 
tonight because he could talk all day long about wanting his fans to show up to the games because they love K-State and not because they hate KU. And that's a that's a nice thing. Like, you could put that in a Hallmark card and, okay, cool. But it's not reality. It's just, like, yeah. I'm a KU fan. I even know. You go into Bramlage for the Sunflower Showdown. It's a hostile environment. You're going to get cussed at. You're going to get chanted at. And that's just the way that it is. Now, I've always held that my only issue with the chanting has been when they chant at games that don't even involve KU. Like, you're playing right. South I, and Dakota I can... State University. Why are you chanting FKU, you know, throughout yeah. the entire— Like, I, I've never understood I can get that. on board with that. I can get but on board I with think that. that I... But, but I think that when you get into a game like this tonight, where let's not forget, like, how high the stakes are. We're talking about a Big 12 championship in Kansas being undefeated in the Big 12. Um, it would be different, I think, if— Kansas State hadn't performed particularly well this season, and you were talking about a matchup that you know didn't really matter as much. This one does. The stakes are really, really high, and I have no doubt in my mind that Bramlage is going to be jacked tonight, and they're going to do the things that they do. They're going to play Sandstorm. They're going to chant FKU, and there have been multiple attempts, and you mentioned Bill Snyder, but there have been other attempts where like Sandstorm has been threatened to not be played. It wasn't played for a while. Um, other things like that, like, the, and then the they took over the Wabash Cannonball, which right. is worse, right? And we, you and I, had the conversation like a few months ago about the the thought that the Wabash might be taken away too. Like, you can take all this stuff away, but you're sucking the fun out of it. And even coming from a KU fan, I've got no problem with it. I expect to go into the gym of my in-state rival and for it to be hostile towards me. Like, that's just the way that it is. I, so I think it's a little bit. Um, I, I understand his mentality and I respect it and I get it. And that's nice. Yeah, totally. But it's not real. It's not realistic. It's not happening and it's not going to happen. I mean, it would take a long time to stop talking about it. I mean, I was at the football game with the band incident and you know, I've got a good sense of humor. So none of that stuff bothers me. I, I also have a lot of appreciation and respect for what college is all about. And in a world where I think college costs way too much money and, you know, families are nickel and dime to death and it's not worth it and all of those things that happen, the one thing that always happens is the value of getting to be a college student. So don't try and take that away. Like, that's the most valuable thing at college. Let the kids have fun. They're going to do what they're going to do anyway. So, you know, just ignore it. How do you get a kid? Like, ignore it. If you keep telling them it's so bad not to do it, they're going to keep doing it. I mean, do I think that, uh, do I agree with uh, Jerome Tang when he said that he thinks that KU lives rent-free in K-State's head? Yes. Sure, I agree with that. Absolutely. It's not rent-free. It's not rent-free either because uh, KU, it, it, gets, be it gets to KU. It, it gets to KU or they wouldn't uh, do it. It bothers KU. I know it does. It bothers KU fans, and that's why they do it. Because KU fans then try to lecture them, uh, and it's like, this is what we're talking no, about here. No. I get it. And if I was a K-State student, I i mean, I'd probably be chanting if I was 19 years old and having fun with my friends at the game. You'd uh, be all right, chanting at 37 years old. Don't lie. You're probably right. You're probably right. But I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. Like, I, I just want a great game. I don't really don't care who wins tonight. Um, all right, Tommy, let's give away some stuff real quick. Thunder tickets this weekend. What do we got? 
Yeah, Saturday night against the Kansas City Mavericks in Trust Bank Arena. Puck drop at 7.05. It's I Love Wichita night. So it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Saturday night, we'll do four tickets to the game on Saturday. All right, go to the Thunder game. We'll throw in a couple of HTO free iced tea cards, west or east. You can get that. Jad will take the winner right now. Caller number three during the break. We'll get Dan Israel, Chief Stock, looking ahead of the Jags, coming up next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 